and welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at pub quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hi. How's your week going so far? Uh, great. <laughs> That's you? great. I'm glad and to hear you? that. It's good. So, okay. So I think I can finally make this announcement because Kay. I've started already. I You're have running for office. I'm running for office. <laughs> I'm running for the 19th district. Uh, no, I got a new job. Yeah. Yeah, I got a new job. So now I'm working at an art museum. And where I'm you, no longer at the science belong. museum. Yes. Uh, it is very exciting. Um, and everyone is very nice. But I, uh, my first day I was like, I can do this. This is awesome. Like I was like learning things and like meeting people. And people were like, we're so excited to have you here. And I was like, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. And then the imposter syndrome started like sinking in mm-hmm. yesterday. And then today I was like, get it together, LT. Like it. <laughs> Classic mm, line. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people are so nice. And everyone is so professional. And I am not. You sound taken aback by that no I'm not taken aback it's just so much like um because I'm uh I'm I I don't know if you know this about me I'm a loud goofball and and maintaining an air of to me (laughs) maintaining an air of like distant polite cool professionalism Mm -hmm. I can only do you just have to pretend you're at a conference all the time oh yes exactly that's it like I I felt very like drained at the end of today Mm -hmm. Because I, I was constantly like, people were checking in on me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm just working on some of the Embark files. That's wonderful. Great. How are you settling in? I'm settling in. Great. Thank you so much. Just like that over and over again. I was like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Oh, I'm so tired. So it's just, I have to get used to it. Everyone is very nice. I'm sure I will find a, a fellow goofball friend. Or if not, I don't know, we'll just podcast twice as often <laughs> so I can get it out you know or I'll just be texting Lauren you more finds often. a friend at work <laughs> hashtag find Lauren a friend at work <laughs> no it's fine Every, it's a great job I'm I'm very excited about it I just need to like settle in yeah I just need oh, to settle yeah. in that's all yeah um so yeah I've been like embarrassing myself by like going on autopilot with um you know conversation mm-hmm. uh and sometimes I say things that I don't like that. Don't make any sense. Say, you know, like people will be like, thank you. And I'll be like, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> like thank have you. a good workout. Yeah. You too. You too. What? <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. You too. Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just want to sink through the floor oh. into the earth. I got like stress. It's, it's bad. So anyway, oh gosh, um, in other equally <laughs> as horrifying news, there's a there was a hurricane hitting the East Coast. Yes, Flo, Flo, not Aunt Flo, Florence. Uh, and so I decided, um, much my you know worrying about having a disastrous week mm-hmm. and having an actually disastrous week down in the Carolinas. Um, be safe out there, everybody. Uh, I've decided that my topic today is going to be natural disasters. So I'm going to talk about hurricanes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about tornadoes, and I'm going to talk about um, earthquakes. Excellent. Yeah. So all good stuff. 
and um, cool scientific information as my last hurrah from being at the science museum. So it's all art. And all, yeah, all art, all and art theater. And shoes from here on out. Oh yeah. So get ready everybody. Um, okay. A hurricane <laughs> is a tropical cyclone that occurs in the Atlantic ocean and Northeastern Pacific ocean. A typhoon occurs in the Northwestern Pacific Ocean, while in the South Pacific or Indian Ocean, comparable storms are referred to simply as tropical cyclones or severe cyclonic storms. So there's no such thing as a hurricane in the South Pacific or the Indian Ocean. They're called tropical cyclones. Um, So tropical refers to, obviously, their geographic origin of the system. In the tropics. In the tropics, yes. Um, they form almost exclusively over tropical seas, and you'll find out why in just a moment. Uh, cyclone refers to their winds moving in a circle, whirling round their central clear eye with their winds blowing counterclockwise in the northern hemisphere and clockwise in the southern hemisphere because of the Earth's rotation. So, like, you know how they say in Australia, your toilet water flows the goes opposite direction? The wrong, goes down the different way. It goes down a different way. Hmm. Um, it's because of the Earth's rotation. It's very strange, kind of like... They like twist on each other. Hmm. Yeah. Wind is a weird thing. Anyway. Um, so hurricanes derive their energy through the evaporation of water from the ocean surface, which ultimately recondenses into clouds and rain when moist air rises and cools to saturation. Okay. So that's how you get rain most of the time. Air, you know, the water evaporates and rises and then it goes, condenses into clouds and then it, the clouds get too soggy and full and then it rains. So. Uh, this energy source differs from that of mid-latitude cyclonic storms, such as nor'easters. Ah. Yes, you know the nor'easter. And European windstorms, which are fueled primarily by horizontal temperature contrasts. Uh, tropical cyclones are typically between 62 and 1,243 miles in diameter. Oh, I thought you were going to say miles per hour. I know. <laughs> so fast. No, they are really fast, but they are also re- can be extremely Oof. huge. Um, so... The way a tropical cyclone works or a hurricane works, mm-hmm. uh, they're like giant engines that use warm, moist air as fuel. Okay. Um, that is why they form only over warm ocean waters near the equator. Uh, the warm, moist air over the ocean rises upwards from near the surface. And because this air moves up and away from the surface, there's less air left near the surface. Another way to say the same thing is that the warm air rises, causing an area of lower air pressure below. It like creates a, a space for the lower air pressure to get in. Uh, air from surrounding areas with higher air pressure pushes into the low pressure area. Then that new air becomes warm and moist and rises too. So you have this okay. like this constant flow up and down kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, as the warm air continues to rise, the surrounding air swirls in to take its place. As the warmed, moist air, ooh, this is good, rises and cools off, the water in the air forms clouds. The whole system of clouds and wind spins and grows, fed by the ocean's heat and water evaporating from the surface. And as the storm system rotates faster and faster, an eye forms in the center. It is very calm and clear near the eye with very low air pressure. Julia, <laughs> we need to do, we need to start doing these, like, um, those radio dramas. Yeah. Yeah. Get, I'm a, <laughs> I'll get some coconuts. <laughs> clop, 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 clop. Yeah. A little, like, half door to have on the table <laughs> so that I can <laughs> slam it shut. Yeah. No, this is really good. So we could only do um, interior <laughs> multi-room. Oh, also have a slide whistle. Oh, yeah. Whoosh. I don't understand what a slide whistle is supposed to represent. Just like goofiness, I guess. Yeah. Either way. 
Um, interior melty room spaces, horses, and storms. That's all we can do for our... Uh, oh, I'll have like a sheet of metal. Oh, for like thunder. Whack. That's good. That's good. So... <clears throat> next time. Yeah, next time. So get ready for I that, didn't you have, guys. I didn't have any warning this time around. Now to we're going to move into fiction. My sound effects. So the eye, the center of the eye, mm-hmm. you know, the eye of the storm, that's where the calm is. Um, higher pressure air from above flows down into the eye. Okay. So what happens is there's like a wall like that a, forms. It becomes like a donut. It does. It becomes like a donut. And the higher air pressure pushes out the lower pressure. And that's why the center of the eye is like protected by the rest of the storm. Mm -hmm. And it's also, that's why um, the walls of the eye are like the most intense. Okay. Because that's where that flow is happening. That's where the conduit of, of air and moisture is being flowed. Um, It's, it's fascinating and terrifying. If you think about it. I wonder, I wonder if they've gotten like cameras into the eye of the hurricane. I'm sure they have. I mean, the eye, eyes of the hurricane, Eyes of the hurricane. Eyes of the hurricanes. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Probably. I would assume so. I don't think from above. Okay. But like for, the eye has come, has hit landfall. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So people have been in it and I've <gasps> seen videos of it like, like people are like, oh my God, it's so crazy. And then all of a sudden, and it's like deadly calm. And what's weird is, it's super calm, like on uh, terra firma mm-hmm. on the ground, but the ocean, if you're like on a beach and you're like in the eye, the ocean will still be like, like really boiling, mm-hmm. but the air is super still. So it's freaky deaky. That's what I hear. Um, I'm not going to uh, miss the opportunity to make a Hamilton reference. Oh, please. No. I, now. I get, the floor is yours. The, well, the song Hurricane. Okay. After like Hamilton's like sex tape, informi- well, not sex tape, but you know, it's like what? sex scandal stuff comes out. Oh, sure, sure. Um, he sings a song about being in the eye, eye of, a of hurricane. the hurricane. Yep. And everything's swirling around him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a good, it's one of the better songs. I guess I'm going to have to check out that. You're going to just have to. Musical? You're going to have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Operetta? Operetta stage play? Does it have a libretto I can read? <laughs> Yeah, no, I I know, I I know, I have to. It's like it's you, like Harry you Potter. So much American like, history, I know. like it's actually useful. No, I I, <laughs> I mean I I want to. That's the thing. Like all of these movies that I haven't watched, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that I haven't had a chance. I know. I'm so sorry. I mean, I just got a new job. I don't have That's I don't have as much true. free time. So. <clears throat> um, Hurricanes. All right, yes. here we go. When the winds in the rotating storm reach 39 miles per hour, the storm is called a tropical storm. Tropical storm. So when you That's say like, like... So there's like nothing, and then there's tropical storm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So between <laughs> zero and 39 miles an hour, it's just tropical storm. No, I think it's... When it hits 39, they're yeah. like, and now it's tropical storm, everybody. And that's when they start naming them. All right. Tropical storm. Norman. Richard. I like how we both went with super weird, like normal old man names. <laughs> Tropical Storm Melvin. Um, so when the wind speeds reach 74 miles an hour, the storm is officially a tropical cyclone or a hurricane. So uh, tropical cyclones usually weaken when they hit land because they don't have the water, okay. a, as much water or any water to kind of like fuel mm-hmm. it. Um, 
uh, to like because they are no longer being fed by the energy of the warm ocean waters. However, they often move far inland, dumping many ish- inches of rain and causing lots of wind damage before they die out completely. And Florence was supposed to hit landfall at like a category five, mm-hmm. which I'm going to get into just now, right now. But um, apparently she, can we? Yeah, I think. Okay. I was going to say, can we anthropomorphize a storm? But I guess we already have by calling it with a person yeah. name. Um, when she like arrived on the coast, it was like a category two. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people had a false sense of like, well, <laughs> anticlimactic or whatever. Yeah. But there's still like incredible a amounts of flooding and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so hurricane categories or tropical cyclone categories are, they run the gamut from one, which is weakest to five, which is the highest. Mm-hmm. So category one is a wind speed of 74 to 95 miles an hour. Still um, very fast. Still very fast. Uh, usually has a four to five foot storm surge. So like the, the waves that mm-hmm. crash. Um, and usually damage at landfall is minimal. Category two is 96 to 110 miles an hour. It's faster than I drive. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever driven that fast. Oh, no. I I don't think I've ever driven faster than 85 miles an hour. And it was an accident. Like, I was listening to, like, a really good song <laughs> on the highway, and I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I gotta slow down. Oh, my Get in the right lane. Oh, my gosh. I almost got in a car accident. Um, and the storm surges are six to eight feet. And there's moderate damage at landfall. I don't know. Like, the damage at landfall seems to be a... It's... Objective. Objective. Thank you. Category three is 111 to 129 miles an hour. Nine to 12 foot storm surges and extensive damage. Uh, Category four is 130 to 156 miles an hour. Extreme damage. And 13 to 18 foot storm surges. And category five, yeah, category five is 157 miles an hour or higher, <sighs> and that is considered catastrophic, right? Um, as one could imagine. Mm-hmm. Here are a couple of historical hurricanes. Okay, that made an impression. <laughs> made an impression. Really put on the glitter and did a tap dance. Okay, the 1970. <laughs> The 1970 Bola cyclone is considered to be the deadliest tropical cyclone on record, which killed about 300,000 people. (gasps) What? Yep. It struck the densely populated Ganges Delta region of Bangladesh on November 13th, 1970. Its powerful storm surge was responsible for the highest death toll. The North Indian cyclone basin has historically been the deadliest basin. Uh, elsewhere, Typhoon Nina killed nearly, nearly 100,000 people in China in 1975 due to a 100-year flood that caused 62 dams, including the Bangkiao Dam, to fail. Uh, the Great Hurricane of 1780 is the deadliest North Atlantic hurricane on record, killing about 22,000 people in the Lesser Antilles. Hamilton just got out by that point. Then. Did he really? Was he in, in the, like the 1770s? He got was out. he in the lesser or the greater Antilles? Uh, he was just in the Caribbean. He oh, was on okay. Nevis. He was born on Nevis. Oh, okay. Well, it still would have like, he would have they're felt all right it. They're all there. Yeah, yeah, they're all there. Huh. What a weird thing. It all comes back to Hamilton, Julia. Did Hamilton. Uh Oh, no, I won't say it. <laughs> she got, her eyes glazed <laughs> over and suddenly like the music <laughs> surged within her. Much like Typhoon Nina in surged 1780. Um, Okay, a tropical cyclone does not need to be particularly strong to cause memorable damage. <laughs> Primarily if the deaths are from rainfall or mudslides. They have a real problem with mudslides. It's very bad. Wow. See, you think, you think, well, I didn't drown. Yeah. And then let me start 
getting back to my house. Yeah. And you're getting the paper towels and you're like, oh, geez. You're like mopping it up. And then suddenly there's the mud a mudslide. The mud is, that's the mud that gets you. Uh, tropical storm Thelma in November 1991 killed thousands in the Philippines. Although the strongest typhoon to ever make landfall on record was Typhoon Haiyan in November 2013, causing widespread devastation in eastern Visayas and killing at least 6,300 people in the Philippines alone. I know I'm, this is a, this is a tough topic. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, in 1982, the unnamed tropical depression that eventually became Hurricane Paul, Hurricane Paul, killed around 1,000 people in Central America. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to be a terrifying storm, like Hurricane Beelzebub, not Paul. Like, I think of Paul Rudd, who doesn't age and is so handsome and charming. You know, that's it. You need to name your storm something more intense. Noah. <laughs> I'm just saying Julia's laughing at me she's not even laughing into the microphone so it sounds like I'm just I'm <laughs> I'm playing to like a dead crowd here anyway I think that the names are chosen like years and years in advance and also they cycle back through some of them except ones that have done particular devastation oh, they like take Katrina. them out of the cycle so there's no more Hugo there's no more <laughs> Katrina there's no more you know Sandy Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. Oh, I'm going to talk about Harvey right now. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Katrina are estimated to be the costliest tropical cyclones to impact the United States mainland, each causing de- damage estimated at $125 billion with a B. Well, Jeff Bezos could have taken care of that. Yeah, he could have, but did he? Nope. That's what I'm saying, Bezos. If Ugh. you're listening. If you're listening, shame on you. Yeah. Don't listen to our, you know what? We don't need your ears, Mr. Bezos. Okay. Please turn us off. Uh, Hurricane Harvey killed at least 90 people in August, 2017 after making landfall in Texas as a low end category four hurricane. Now category four, I just read this category four is extreme, but they're saying even though it was a low end category four, I'm just, I'm not understanding what like the nuances of the categories here. Anyway, Hurricane we're just lay people. I know Lauren, we're just lay. Persons. We're not meteorologists. Yeah. No, I'm not. And I, you know what? I never claimed to be. Never art historian. That's it. Um, Hurricane Katrina is estimated as the second costliest tropical cyclone worldwide, causing 81.2 billion in property damage alone, with overall damage estimates exceeding 100 billion. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Katrina killed at least 1,836 people after striking Louisiana and Mississippi as a major hurricane in August 2005. I was in college at the time. I remember I'd watch the Weather Channel every morning. I don't know why. You were really fun in college. I was really, I was, you're right. I was super fun. You were in an improv group. I was in an improv group. You watched the Weather Channel. I watched the Weather Channel in the morning while I was putting on my makeup. And, uh. Not besmeagering you. No, I know. (laughs) I'm not besmeagering me either. I learned. The a lot. art of mime in when I was in elementary school. I'm I have wide and varied interests. Okay. Uh, the most intense storm on record was Typhoon Tip in the northwestern. Tip. Yep, Tip T I P in the northwestern Pacific Ocean in 1979, which reached a maximum pressure of 870 hectopascals. Lauren, what the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, Julia, it's a measurement of pressure. Wow. Haven't you? Don't you punchy remember? Punchy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We're punchy. Don't you remember 
learning about hectopascals in elementary school in your elementary school meteorology class i don't know what a hectopascal is i honestly when i was writing this thought i would be able to like skip over this word (laughs) (laughs) and no one would know no one would know people be like ah yes hectopascals (laughs) okay so Okay, wait, but here's, here's, this is something. Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, at maximum sustained wind speeds of 165 knots or 190 miles an hour. What the what? Uh, the highest maximum sustained wind speed ever recorded was 185 knots or 215 miles per hour in Hurricane Patricia in 2015, which is the most intense cyclone ever Whoa. recorded in the Western Hemisphere. So that was recent. Yeah, that was like within the past three years. Yeah. <sighs> Yikes. Yeah, it's not good. Um, uh, In addition to being the most intense tropical cyclone on record based on pressure, the hectopascals, uh, Tip was the largest cyclone on record with tropical storm force winds 2,170 kilometers or 1,350 miles in diameter. Oh, my God. Um, One of the websites that I was looking at showed, like, the size of it in regards to, like, the United States. Mm -hmm. And the storm covered every state... West of the Mississippi. Oh, jeez. I was like, oh, no. Could you imagine seeing that coming? Oof. I go by goes. All right. Uh, the smallest storm on record, Tropical Storm Marco, uh, formed during October 2008 and making landfall in Veracruz. Marco generated tropical storm force winds only 37 miles in diameter. Just like, like Marco's Whee! tottering in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he probably killed some people. <laughs> oh, poor little Marco. The smallest storm the on smallest. record. He's like, come on, guys. All right. Hurricane John. Again, Paul, John, ugh. George and Ringo. Oh, my God. Oh, see, it's I the Beatles. Going- it's the Beatles, Julia. I'm uncovering a whole Noah conspiracy. All right. Sorry. What were you saying? No? Okay. <laughs> Uh, so Hurricane John is the longest lasting tropical cyclone on record, lasting 31 days in 1994. What? I know. That's way too long. Um, before the advent of satellite imagery in 1961, however, many tropical cyclones were underestimated in their durations. Uh-huh. John is also the longest tracked tropical cyclone in the Northern Hemisphere on record, which had a path of 8,250 miles. Uh, Cyclone Rewa of the 1993-94 South Pacific and Australian region cyclone seasons had one of the longest tracks observed within the southern hemisphere, traveling a distance of over 5,545 miles during December 1993 and January 1994. But you think they were moving slowly? Oh, yeah, I think so. Like, it takes a lot of... So people had time to, like, get out of the way? Oh, my God, pack it up. Yeah. I think they had time to get away. So I think that's why uh, Cyclone Rewa was um, not as damaging, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to leave hurricanes in the past. Now we're moving to tornadoes. Okay. This is more. So, okay. So first of all, I did want to mention, we live, I read an article, we Mm -hmm. live in a great, in the safest, the safest region for natural disasters. We get like a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. But... But that's, that's it. about it. We don't get tornadoes. Mm-hmm. We'll get the occasional water spout over mm-hmm. Lake Ontario. And if it, Canada gets an earthquake, like maybe we'll like we'll get like a little chair move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we definitely do not get any hurricanes. Nope. 
Um, even when Sandy hit all the way up on Long Island, we got a good amount of rain, but it wasn't like we didn't have any like gale force winds or anything right. like that. So um, I did read an article a couple years ago. I think it was Outside Magazine talking about like post-apocalyptic. If like the nuclear mm-hmm. bomb dropped tomorrow, the safest place to live is Western New York because oh. we have access to fresh water. We've yes. got the Finger Lakes and we've got the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have access to uh, another first world country, like boop, right over the border. Yeah. Um, we have city centers, but we also have a lot of agricultural land mm-hmm. that's very close to the city centers. So we could like very quickly if we need to get to the country and yeah. dig up potatoes. If we needed to get some potatoes and some asparagus, we're good. And uh, and also our um, our weather is moderate. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we would have a lot of resources. Well, that's comforting. Isn't that comforting? So um, when the zombies come, everybody... Come on up to Rochester. It'll be great. It's going to be like, visit Rochester. It's going to hear this, and they're going to use this for their next marketing campaign. <laughs> you visit- a fan of The Walking Dead? <laughs> visit Rochester, where you'll be safest in an apocalypse. Okay. Tornadoes, two exclamation points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote. Okay. Most tornadoes form from thunderstorms. Did you know that? I didn't. Okay. So a lot of these storm systems, uh, tornadoes and uh, hurricanes and other like um, derivatives of each Mm -hmm. form from warm, moist air. Uh, And a lot of times they, uh, tornadoes specifically happen because of warm, moist air from the Gulf of Mexico traveling up, boop, 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 up the country and hitting cool, dry air from Canada. Um, And so when these two air masses meet, they create instability in the atmosphere. What are you up the country? You're gonna make a tornado. <laughs> That's good, Jewel. I'm gonna have you sing my interstitial music. <clears throat> so, a change in wind direction and an increase in wind speed with increasing height creates an invisible horizontal spinning effect in the lower atmosphere. So, <clears throat> imagine you've got two winds. Okay, I've got my hands like they're coming at each other. Two winds coming at each other, and they don't get along. Boop, boop, boop. Mm-hmm. They do not like each mm-hmm. other. So they start to swirl around each other. Okay. Like Top over bottom. Uh-huh, loop, loop, uh-huh. Loop. And then what happens is a, um, a, a gale force wind. So what happens is uh, an unstable, because it, the atmosphere is unstable. Yeah. Wind creates it to shift upwards and become from horizontal to vertical. And that's oh. how you get a tornado. Because I didn't of wind know that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I learned that and I was like, it was like. Um, kidsweather.com. <laughs> I was just thinking like, it's really windy yep. and the wind gets like, maybe the wind is blowing and it runs into like a wall yeah. and then it bounces back at it. And, and then, then that it just keeps just happening. It starts being a swirl. I mean, it's not, you're not that far off really. Um, it abundant low level moisture is necessary to contribute to the development of a thunderstorm. And that's the trigger that creates mm-hmm. Um, a tornado, um, and so that that lift that to ride like create the lift that yeah. brings up the tornado vertically is that warm moist air. Wow! So, so you don't get a lot of tornadoes in the winter time then. No, uh, you get a lot of tornadoes. Um, tornado season is like summer fall because um, I dated a guy who's from Minnesota, and when we would go visit his family in the summer, 
they were at the top of uh, Tornado Alley, if you will. Tornado ah, Alley yes. runs basically along the Mississippi, mm-hmm. maybe a little farther west, <clears throat> uh, across the plains, if you will. But I remember we were hanging out at his house, and uh, they had like a tornado warning. And it was like, wah, 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 wah. and there was the like the alarm, the woo in their neighborhood yeah. and everything. And the winds were blowing and the rain was thrashing. And they were all sitting on the couch, like watching TV. Jeopardy. And I was like, uh, guys, should we uh, do something about this? They're like, no, it's fine. It's going to go right over us. I was like, no, what? <laughs> You're like, I feel like I should have been issued some sort of safety card yeah. to read over. I mean, like when I get on an airplane. When when you're watching the news and there is a red like Chiron yeah. coming across and there's like active noises involved on the television you think it's like time to get to the basement you know what i mean time to hop into an empty bathtub you were ready i was i I should you should have asked me okay so occasionally a single thunderstorm will produce more than one tornado which is cool looking um and sometimes simultaneously or in succession uh, multiple tornadoes produced by the same storm cell are referred to as a tornado family. Isn't that sweet? Aww, tornado Aww, family. There's a mom of tornado a and a daddy. Uh, several tornadoes are sometimes spawned from the same large-scale storm system. If there is no break in activity, this is considered a tornado outbreak. So a tornado family, they're all together. And a tornado outbreak is like, boom, 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 one right after another. Um, tornadoes are also hard to predict. Yeah. Uh, because they occur so quickly and can be relatively invisible thanks to cloud cover. Ooh, that's scary. Yeah. So Doppler radar can help detect tornadoes, however, by measuring the velocity and radial direction of wind speeds within a storm. So the Doppler radar can tell, like, mm, this thunderstorm looks like it's starting to swirl up. Oof. We should, you know, give a warning. But they don't, there's not a lot of um, prediction involved. Right. You don't have a lot of time between, like, oh, this could be a thunderstorm. I mean, uh, or this could be a tornado kind of thing. Um, the most record-breaking tornado in recorded history was the Tri-State Tornado, which roared through parts of Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana on March 18th, 1925. It was likely an F5, which is the category, the mm-hmm. highest category, though tornadoes were not ranked on any scale in that era. It holds records for longest path length, which is 219 miles, the longest duration, about three and a half hours, and fastest forward speed for a significant tornado, which was 73 miles per hour anywhere on earth oh my gosh so it was the farthest traveling the longest duration and the fastest moving (laughs) the tri-state tornado tri-state tornado of 1925 uh in addition it is the deadliest single tornado in united states history 695 people died uh the tornado was also the costliest tornado in history at the time unadjusted for inflation um but in the years since it has been surpassed by several other if population changes over time are not considered so you know, there's some statistics involved. Mm-hmm. When costs are normalized for wealth and inflation, it ranks third today. Jeez. The deadliest tornado in world history was the Daltapur Salturia tornado in Bangladesh on April 26th, 1989. Yeah. Um, it killed approximately 1,300 people. Uh, Bangladesh has had at least 19 tornadoes in its history kill more than 100 people, almost half the total in the rest of the world. That area. I guess I don't think about it as I think having it's like that problem. There's a basin in there. Mm. And also, historically, um, there's an area in North India. My former coworker, George, was telling me about it that um, it has a lot of historical volcano activity, too. Oh, boy. It's just like, oh, it's no good. 
the most extensive tornado outbreak on record was the 2011 super outbreak, capital S, capital O, which spawned 360 confirmed tornadoes over the southeastern United States, 216 of them within a single 24-hour period. The previous record was the 1974 super outbreak, which spawned 148 tornadoes, a paltry sum. This is like a super, super outbreak. Yeah, it was a super, super outbreak. Um, Storms that produce tornadoes can feature intense updrafts, sometimes exceeding 150 miles an hour. Uh, Debris from a tornado can be lofted into the parent storm and carried a very long distance. So you Like cows. Yes, like cows, like in Twister or like in The Wizard of Oz, you know, like stuff gets sucked Mm -hmm. up in there because of the updraft. So... A tornado which affected Great Bend, Kansas in November 1915 was an extreme case where a rain of debris occurred 80 miles from the town. A sack of flour was found 110 miles away and a canceled check from the Great Bend (laughs) Bank was found in a field outside of Palmyra, Nebraska, 305 miles to the northeast. Water spouts and tornadoes have been been advanced as an explanation for instances of raining fish and other animals. Frogs. Frogs, etc. Okay, so now we're going to get to earthquakes. Any exclamation exclamation points? points. (laughs) Three exclamation points. Okay, so earthquakes are cool too. I I mean, they're bad, but they're cool. Okay. In the grand scheme of... They are going to kill us all one day. They're going to kill us all one day. Oh, the big one? Oh, we're going to talk about the big one. All right, here we go. Uh, Earthquakes are usually caused when rocks underground suddenly break along a fault. So um, the sudden release of energy causes the seismic waves that make the ground shake. So it's like a crack and then it's like like the the energy like Mm -hmm. like radiates off of that um, breakage. Mm -hmm. Uh, When two blocks of rock or two plates are rubbing against each other, they stick a little. They don't just slide smoothly. The rocks catch on each other. So you think of like your hands together flat and they're rubbing against each other next to each other. Mm -hmm. So the the earth is covered in tectonic plates, which is floating on a mantle, like a liquid core. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the plates move a little mm-hmm. because they're floating on a dense but still more liquid than our crust surface. So sometimes they slide against each other parallel to each other. They rub up against each other. And since they don't slide smoothly because it's rock, um, they'll slide for a little bit and then catch because mm-hmm. they're rock. Um, and then when that happens, that boom, that catch creates an earthquake. So... Um, and they're, they're constantly pushing against each other, which is mm-hmm. the issue because they're always floating. So after a while, the rocks break because of all the pressure that's built up. Um, and so during the earthquake and afterward, the plates or blocks of rock start moving and they continue to move, uh, until they get stuck again. As I had mentioned, uh, the spot underground where the rock breaks is called the focus of the earthquake. Okay. And the place right above the focus on top of the ground is called the epicenter. The epicenter. So underground, the part that sets off happens. the earthquake is called mm-hmm. the focus at the top where you're like standing is called the epicenter epi meaning above yes epi meaning above like epidermis mm-hmm. there you go uh at the earth's surface earthquakes manifest themselves by shaking and displacing or disrupting the ground when the epicenter of a large earthquake is located offshore the seabed may be displaced sufficiently to cause a tsunami oh boy yes the big wave uh earthquakes can also trigger landslides and occasionally volcanic activity which i will get to in a moment so the, this idea of the, the plates like slipping against each other, that's called a strike-slip earthquake. Okay. Um, there's a, a normal earthquake, 
which isn't that normal. It's when one plate slides underneath the other. It kind of like, um, they like overlap. Okay. And then there's the thrust, which one tectonic plate pushes itself over the Oof. other. Okay. Um, so those are the different kinds of tectonic plate earthquakes or causes of earthquakes. All right. So the three are strike, strike, slip, slip normal, normal, thrust, thrust. Yes. Um, in its most general sense, the word earthquake is used to describe any seismic event, whether natural or caused by humans. Because sometimes you can set off an earthquake by uh, mining. So like blowing up stuff underground. Uh-huh. Sometimes that causes an earthquake. Or like in my one of my favorite movies, Ocean's 13, where they, where they use the drill to set off the earthquake alarm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is scientifically mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. Because Ocean's 13 is a great movie. Um, So yeah, it generates seismic waves if you set off a high, like if you um, explode something at a high enough energy rate Mm -hmm. underground. Um, Earthquakes are caused mostly by rupture of geological faults, but also by other events such as volcanic activity, landslides, mine blasts, and nuclear tests. Uh, An earthquake's Mm -hmm. point of initial rupture is called its focus or hypocenter. Hypocenter. Yep. Okay. Um, Most of the world's earthquakes, um, 90%... Uh, and 81% of the largest take place in the 40,000 kilometer long horseshoe shaped zone called the Circum Pacific Seismic Belt, better known as the Pacific Ring of Fire. Uh, it's for the most part bounds the Pacific Plate. So uh, massive earthquakes tend to occur along other plate boundaries too, such as along the Himalayan mountains. So the Ring of Fire is that whole area in the Pacific Ocean that runs the coast of California okay. up through Alaska across to Russia and along Japan all right. and China and all of that. So that whole like region is a tectonic plate. And that is the supposed to be the site of the big one. Um, sorry, Californians. The big one's coming for you. Um, one of the most devastating earthquakes in recorded history was the 1556 Shangxi earthquake, which occurred on January 23rd, 1556 in Shangxi province, China, more than 830,000 people died. Oh my God. Uh, most houses in the area were called Yaodongs, which were dwellings carved out of low hillsides and many victims were killed when these structures collapsed. That's tough. Uh, the 1976 Tangshan earthquake, which killed between 240,000 and 655,000 people, was the deadliest of the 20th century. Um, the 1960 Chilean earthquake is the largest earthquake that has been measured on a seismograph, reaching 9.5 magnitude on May 22, 1960. Its epicenter was near uh, Cañate, Chile. Uh, the, earth- the energy released was approximately twice that of the next most powerful earthquake, the Good Friday earthquake of March 27th, 1964, which was centered in Prince William Sound, Alaska. Alaska gets a lot of earthquakes. Okay. But maybe people don't know it. People don't know it because there's not a lot of people up there. So there you go. Uh, The 10 largest recorded earthquakes have all been megathrust earthquakes, which is the one... (laughs) Megathrust. Ugh. Uh, Where one tectonic... It's like an American gladiator. (laughs) I'm megathrust. Yeah. Uh, they, the plate goes above the other. And as you can imagine, um, it's thrust up mm-hmm. over the other tectonic plate. It's very violent. I imagine it creates a lot of energy. Um, yeah, it's bad. Uh, of these 10, only the 2004 Indian Ocean earthquake is simultaneously one of the deadliest earthquakes in history. 
earthquakes that caused the greatest loss of life, while powerful, were deadly because of their proximity to either heavily populated areas or the ocean, where earthquakes often create tsunamis that devastate communities thousands of kilometers away. Uh, Regions most at risk for the great loss of life include those where earthquakes are relatively rare but powerful, and poor regions with lax, unenforced, or non-existent seismic building codes. Um, The Richter scale. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of scales for measuring seismic waves, but the Richter scale is like the original, the classic. The OG classic of seismic wave measurements. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Richter scale goes from around two, which is like, you can't really feel it, to about a 10, which means everything has been shaken to dust. Um, (laughs) The 1906 San Francisco quake was about a 7.8. And that was bad. That was super bad. And the Fukushima quake that set off, that like destroyed mm-hmm. that um, nuclear power plant and everything mm-hmm. in 2011, that was a 9.1. Yeah, Whoa. it was very, very bad. So volcanoes occur because of the tectonic plates too. Our Earth's crust is broken, as I mentioned before, into 17 major rigid tectonic plates that float on a hotter, softer layer in its mantle. Uh, volcanoes are often found where these plates converge or diverge. So either where they meet or where they're starting to float away from each other. And sometimes the magma shoots up from the mantle, creating cones that rise up from the land or sea. So an example of that would be Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. So just a couple of extras. Well, first I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the big one. I'm going to terrify you all. All right. Put Um, on your, get your tinfoil hats Get your tinfoil hats on. Actually, this is legit. Um, (laughs) It was, I think it was either Washington Post or New York Magazine, not New York Magazine, the New York Times, um, that there was a long form article called The Big One, uh, who would, the guy who wrote it talked to a bunch of geologists and earthquake-gologists, seismologists. Is it earthquake Earthquake-cologists. Earthquake-cologists. Um, and was like, tell me about the San Andreas Fault. So the San Andreas they're Fault. Like, don't they're like, there. Please don't. Do not. That's bad. Uh, the San Andreas Fault is um, where the tectonic plates meet and the Ring of Fire in California. Mm-hmm. And it's actually visible on the map. On, you can see it from like Google Earth. Mm-hmm. It's out there, the San Andreas Fault, The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson the Rock made a Johnson. movie about it. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that we are due for a very big tectonic plate shift along the San Andreas Fault. And it's only a matter of time. And by all... Um, by all intents and purposes, um, it could happen at any time and they can't really predict it. <laughs> so, so it's basically, and I remember like the internet was, especially Californians, anybody out West were, uh, very anxious about this. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, you can't really do anything about it. And also it's not like earthquakes are, they never happen in California. Right. Um, so, and also, they say it's going to be the big one because it just hasn't happened in a while. But, like, statistics aren't... That's not, like, a perfect science. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving you a little hope by saying, sure, we're due for the big one, but how big is the big one going to be? You know what also, I mean? Maybe we'll be dead by then yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, we might be dead by then. In the grand scheme of time, we all might be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. couple of extras. Any exclamation points here? No. Just a couple of extras, Mm -hmm. colon. A fire whirl. Have you ever heard of a fire whirl, Julia? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) A fire whirl is a whirlwind induced by a fire and often made up of flame or ash. It's basically a fire tornado. And 
this can happen in like wildfires. This can happen in wildfires. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They usually start with a whirl of wind or smoke. Uh, Fire whirls may occur when intense rising heat and turbulent wind conditions combine to form whirling eddies of air. Uh, These eddies can contrast into a tornado-like vortex that sucks in burning debris and combustible gases. So a fire whirl makes a a forest fire way worse. worse. Yeah. Okay. A derecho. Have you heard of a derecho? A derecho. Sure have. I've yeah. been in one. Oh, have you really? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to describe it. Then you tell mm-hmm. me about that derecho. Uh, derecho is from the Spanish, which means straight derecho. It is a widespread, long-lived, straight-line windstorm that is associated with a land-based, fast-moving group of severe thunderstorms. Derechos can cause hurricane-force winds, tornadoes, heavy rains, and flash floods. Tell me about your derecho experience, Julia. Oh, when I uh, worked in Washington, D.C., we got a few one summer. And there was one time that I was um, leaving my office and I was like, I'm going to I got to get to the metro. So I'm just going to walk them out to the metro and like a block out to my walk. It became like just sheets of it was as if someone had taken like a dumpster full of a dumpster full of water. Oh, my God. On me. That's what it was like for the whole the like, entire walk umbrella doesn't matter oh yeah of course not uh like you know i'm already walking there's nowhere to take Shit. shelter like when i could i kind of yeah. got to the side but then by the time i was like on the train there were like little old ladies handing me kleenex to like oh. help <laughs> dry me up luckily oh. i was wearing like dark colors and, oh yeah and so, stuff, you so like, i wasn't like giving them a there. show yeah but yeah i've been in them not not fun not fun derechos <laughs> i mean i'm sure I, okay i should say I'm sure we've had derechos. Yeah. Like, it seems to be a universally, like, if you've yeah. had a bad thunderstorm, it's you can have a derecho. It's one of those words that um, every now and then it'll pop up on the weather, and then you'll be like, what's, what's that a, again? What's a derecho? Like, when we learned that um, there's, like, tiny frozen pellets. Oh, my God. Are you going to talk about tiny I'm frozen talk pellets? I'm going to talk about those next. Okay, you go ahead and talk Okay, about it's called it. grapple. It's also called soft hail or snow pellets. Uh, it's precipitation that forms when supercooled water droplets are collected and freeze on falling snowflakes. Aww. It looks like little styrofoam beads. Yeah, I, was, I, I wrote, it looks like the tiny white balls that fill beanbag chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very strange to come out in the morning to your car and your car is covered in grapple because they, they're almost, they're, I mean, they're not uniform, but they look like they're uniform. Yeah. They look like someone emptied a beanbag on the ground. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of charming. And they actually. bounce like oh, yeah, when they they're bounce falling. Like, mm-hmm. They're like the sweeter, softer version cousin. Yeah, of like you're hail. not gonna get like dents in your car from no, grapple. No. It's just kind of cute and funny. And they don't freeze because they're they're just warm enough. So it's not like they stick to your car either. So you can just kind of go <laughs> and then you're good. It all comes back to It all comes back to blowing on stuff. Okay. All right, I'm done. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so that was my, that was my, again, awesome. I'm going to say quick and dirty on natural quick disasters. Dirty. Hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, a little bit of volcano. Thank you. So, um, I'm, my quiz today. Uh, you like you're, it's like you're performing. <laughs> well, I am. I mean, I got a microphone in front of me and apparently this goes out to people, but I don't know. This is the last <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe all of those people who have been talking to us on Twitter and Facebook and it's our email so is just you. Catfishing <laughs> is so exhausting. She comes up with all sorts of different names. Her and Josh are just long. Like you're gonna have to call. I'm gonna have to call catfish. Anyway, 
No, I'll never talk to that guy. Um, <laughs> Nave Shulman. He's an idiot. Uh, okay. <clears throat> My <laughs> time for a quiz. <laughs> time for a quiz. My quiz today is actually going to be rel- like pretty uh, related. It is a quiz on disaster movies. Great. Question number one. Don't call him Shirley. Who was the formerly serious actor who took on parodies and never looked back, beginning with the classic Airplane? Question number two. True or false? The plot of 1972's The Poseidon Adventure features the sea god Poseidon, who flips a cruise ship upside down because no one believes in Greco-Roman mythology anymore. Question number three. Disaster films had their heyday in the 1970s, when many award-winning actors were willing to throw themselves off buildings or fall screaming into pits. Name the film that featured tall, hot actors like Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, and Robert Wagner. Question number four. 1975's movie The Hindenburg was based loosely on the real Hindenburg, except with Nazis. But what the H was the explosive gas that the real-life Zeppelin was filled with? forcing future Zeppeliners to fill their airships with the much safer helium. Question number five. The movies Deep Impact and Armageddon, both released in 1998, had to do with what probably unavoidable event in real life? Question number six. The 2014 flop Pompeii pulled a Pearl Harbor and set a love story against the backdrop of a terrible disaster. Tell me, was the real life Pompeii in Italy or Greece? Question number seven. Name this very near-future 2004 disaster movie. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid. It was described as a ludicrous popcorn thriller filled with clunky dialogue, and the plot involves mass global cooling and the beginning of a new ice age. Question number eight. This future James Bond plays a geologist in 1997's Dante's Peak and spends most of the movie fleeing giant clouds of volcanic ash. Name him. Question number nine. True or false, the apocalyptic disaster film 2012 came out in 2012. And finally, question number 10. I'm going to name four disaster movies, and you're going to tell me if they're real or something I made up. One, Stonados. Two, Fish Derecho! Exclamation point. Three, Ice Twisters. Or four, Thunder Snow. We'll give you a minute to think about it, and we'll be right back with answers. Question number one. Don't call him Shirley. Who was the formerly serious actor who took on parodies and never looked back, beginning with the classic airplane? 
Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Yes. Who just died a couple years ago, I think. God bless we him. gotta stop I know. saying when I gotta people t- are dead or alive. Oh <laughs> We're only right like 24% of the time. <laughs> Not even a quarter of the time. Actually, less than a quarter of the time. He died in 2010. We're good. We're good. He's dead. <laughs> Mr. Nielsen, may you rest. Okay, question number two, true or false, the plot of 1972's The Poseidon Adventure features the sea god Poseidon, who flips a cruise ship upside down because no one believes in Greco-Roman mythology anymore. I think it's false. It is I false. I think the ship was called the Poseidon. The ship was called the Poseidon. It's just a boring old 90-foot wave that flips it. Or like a cruise ship is just upside down yep. now. And then the survivors have to climb up to the bottom of the ship in order to be rescued. And they remade this. Yeah. Like They were like... You know what? That wasn't enough. We got it. You know what we can do better? Let's do it again. Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. It's real dumb. Um, The 72. You know what? I have a soft spot for 70s disaster movies because they're so campy and they feature like, well, I'll talk about a little bit more Mm -hmm. than the next question, but like featuring like, like all these old timey actors. So uh, question number three, disaster films had their heyday in the 1970s, where many award-winning actors were willing to throw themselves off buildings or fall screaming into pits. Name the film that featured tall, hot actors like Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, and Robert Wagner. I don't know enough 70s movies. Okay. It's called The Towering Inferno. I was trying to go for a tall, hot. That is what I was thinking of but i didn't think it was a disaster movie i thought it was like a fire building movie i mean it's a i mean is that the one that um is that the one that oj simpson is in yes it has faye dunaway fred astaire and oj simpson um, amongst other actors well oj simpson was trying to be an actor at the time yeah because he was no longer playing football and not yet killing anyone um that we know of (laughs) that we know yeah allegedly um yeah so uh yeah it's still a disaster okay yeah it's not just natural disaster movies it's all disasters okay 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 uh 1975's movie the hindenburg was based loosely on the real hindenburg except with nazis but what the h was the explosive gas that the real life zeppelin was filled with forcing future zeppeliners to fill their airships with the much safer helium hydrogen it was hydrogen uh, apparently the Germans wanted to use helium to begin with, but it was too expensive because the Americans were hoarding it for themselves. Sure. So they were like, eh, it'll be fine. We're going to be okay. Okay. Question number five, the movies deep impact and Armageddon both released in 1998 had to do with what probably unavoidable in real life event. Uh, uh, that's a big old asteroid. Asteroids striking the earth. Very good. <laughs> miss a thing don't you'd never want to miss a thing um you know what Re- in rewatching that movie it is bad oh so bad Oof. you know the it's amazing how our level of acceptance for movie quality uh has changed has changed mm-hmm. in such an incredible way i mean it was 20 years ago <gasps> 1998 was 20 years ago julia we do this every new year i know where I, we freak out and then we listen <laughs> what was 20 years ago <laughs> And we all take turns playing songs and going, can you believe this is 20 years old? Yeah. We, I mean, we've done that the past, I think, two New Year's. Okay. <laughs> Question number six. The 2014 flop Pompeii pulled a Pearl Harbor and set a love story against the backdrop of a terrible disaster. Tell me, what was the real life Pompeii in Italy or Greece? It was in Italy. It was in Italy. In AD 79, the city was buried in 13 to 20 feet of volcanic ash and pumice when Mount Vesuvius erupted. It is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's always cool in there. Like, we found a loaf of bread in Pompeii. Yeah. I mean, it's not a loaf of bread anymore. 
Well, they knew, but like they knew it. Oh yeah, bread. yeah. It looked. I mean, it's the shape Don't of a eat loaf it of now. bread. No, ew. No, we we can get perfectly good bread now. <laughs> okay, question number seven. <laughs> Sidebar: Where was that place like three weeks ago where they found a coffin and it had like it had like black goo oh, in it? Yeah. And people were like, "Let people eat the black goo." <laughs> Wasn't that in Egypt? They found it's filled with black goo, and they were like, eat "Let it, us eat let it." it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, people Twitter. are weird. Well, you know, th- things are not going well right now, so I feel like people are just like, "Let's throw caution in the wind and eat some ancient goo, see if it makes us more powerful <laughs> or kills us." It's a win-win. <laughs> You're so right. It was like, "Let us eat the goo." <laughs> Don't deny me my right to eat the goo. Okay. (laughs) Question number seven. Name this very near future 2004 disaster movie. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid. It was described as a ludicrous popcorn thriller filled with clunky dialogue. And the plot involves mass global cooling and the beginning of a new ice age. Uh, Is it like a number? Is like the... No, it's very near... It's... uh, So the title has to do with like the near future. Oh, I don't like know. not tomorrow. No, I don't but know it. I don't know the it. day after tomorrow. Oh, okay, it's the day after tomorrow. Okay, uh, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, um, but apparently Jake Gyllenhaal plays Dennis Quaid's son. Huh. Which I can't really see, but you know what? Eh. Suspend that disbelief. Allison Jones probably didn't cast that one. That's no, why. she did not. She's very good. Uh, question number eight: This future James Bond plays a geologist in 1997's Dante's Peak and spends most of the movie fleeing giant clouds of volcanic ash. Name him. Is it Pierce Brosnan? It is Pierce Brosnan. So handsome. He oh, still looks really good. Still looks great. And he still keeps his his Irish accent still up. Mm. He was on um, the Late Show the other, like a couple weeks ago. Ugh, just a handsome a devil. Guy. Okay, question number nine: True or false? The apocalyptic disaster film 2012 came out in 2012. True. False. Ugh. It came out in 2009. Wow. Yeah, it did not do well. Okay. Finally, my favorite. I'm going to name four disaster movies, and you're going to tell me if they're real or something I made up. All right. Okay. Number one, Stonados. Uh, fake. It's real. It was made in 2013. It's set in Boston and made in Canada. It's basically about tornadoes that pick up stones and throw them at unsuspecting Bostonians. That's very cre- yeah. Oh, Bostonians. Bostonians. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, number two, Fish Derecho. I think that's point. real. No, it's fake. I made that up. <laughs> I was, I was so proud of fish to Rachel. <laughs> I like laughed to myself. I was like, oh man, fish to Rachel. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, number three, Ice Twisters. Real. Real. Yes. 2009. It was a TV movie. Uh, it's basically a story about a government weather experiment turned disaster. Okay. And finally, Thunder Snow. I bet it's fake. It is fake. I, and it's Thunder Snow, all caps, by oh, the way. All, ca- all caps, Thunder Snow. Not real. Not real. Still not real. <laughs> Still not real. My, <laughs> might be my future film, Thundersnow. Um, there is a, there was a viral video of that one guy from the Weather Channel. You're not going to know who he is. <laughs> he was like, he's like the, he's known as like the rogue weatherman. Like he's always out there like in the middle of a Jim? hurricane. Jim, yeah, Jim Gold, Jim Goldman, whatever. He, there is a video of him like somewhere in the, in the Midwest and there's a horrible snowstorm going on. And he's like, well, Bill, it's about 31 degrees out here. And then suddenly there's like thunder and he freaks the fuck out. He's like, Oh my God, did you hear that? 
because apparently thunder snow is very rare. Yeah. Um, and so him experiencing this very rare weather event, uh, he was like literally dancing in the snowy streets. He was like, oh my God, did you hear that? Do you have that on camera? Thunder snow. He was like losing it. So if you Google weather channel, thunder snow, Jim freak out, I'm positive you'll be able to find it. Um, but it is very cool. We've had a couple of instances of thunder snow in Buffalo and it's, um, it's a real experience. I can say. What a thing. What a thing. Well, thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Anytime, Very Julia. entertaining quiz. I'm happy to oblige. Oh, man. <laughs> um, if you, uh, you want to correct me on my, <laughs> on my uh, quick and dirty weather information, please feel free. Uh, you can reach out to us at uh, misinfopod at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at misinfopod. We have a Facebook page, misinformation colon a trivia podcast and uh you can also go to our website triple dub dot misinfopod.com uh please tell a friend you yes. can find us on itunes slash apple podcasts google play stitcher and whatever podcast app you prefer using our rss feed please rate review and subscribe yes please and uh thank you to everyone who has rate rated reviewed and subscribed yes we appreciate you each and every one of you Yes, thank you so much. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. When I was in Syracuse, when I was working in the collection, uh, I my office was the collection like storage room. Yeah. And there was a bunch of mannequins in there because we had just taken down a show and they were all like bunched together. And there was a, a <laughs> an earthquake that hit, but it wasn't like a strong earthquake. Right. So the only way that I knew that something was happening was that all of a sudden, all the mannequins just started to slowly clack together. No. I swear no. to Jesus. No, and I was okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is 2011. No, this is it. I stood up and I was like, this is it. I am either losing my mind and I'm gonna. I'm now like a raving lunatic, or my worst nightmare has come true, and the mannequins are coming <laughs> to get coming. me. <laughs> yep. And I walked out of my office, and all the students were like, "Did you feel that? Did you feel that?" And they're like, "I think it's an earthquake." And I was like, "Oh my god, thank god, <laughs> 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 thank god." So that's my Syracuse earthquake story. <laughs>